I would like an ice cold um, Tasha Yar, please. Jesus! <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 6203.23.1. Welcome aboard the Starship's Enterprise, and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema sins to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington, and with me as always, somebody thought it was a good idea to give her a ship with damn families on board. It's Ambassador Danae. And now all the children are my cursing minions. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lesson one today, kids. Fuck. Yeah, like, it's no joke. This is an adult podcast, and we are an adult channel, and our Twitch mm-hmm. is, you know, over 18. <laughs> so, Really quick story on that. Oh, no. Chris has been playing The Last of Us, and I forgot to set the stream to mature, and <laughs> some kid comes in, and it's just like, ha, I feel very young, and just leaves. <laughs> like, they were just talking about, like, baseball and, oh, like, mature-themed stuff, and I'm like, yeah, sorry, kid. No idea how old they were, but they like they noped out of there so quick. It was amazing. It's yeah. like a, an old man's like smoking corner country mm-hmm. club vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like maybe this isn't where I belong. You're right, kid. Go, go, go away. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ambassador, how are you feeling this week? Have you recovered from last week? Most important. I was worried you wasn't coming back to the show, yeah. and I, I had to be. Very diplomatic about the episode we picked this week. Well, I don't want you to feel like you have to pander to my emotional... Uh... I think I need to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm okay. I have I have been thinking about last episode and wondering, you know, if I went too far in my reaction. But I, I just try to let the hate flow through me, you mm. know? I think you went far enough. Um, you have to draw the line somewhere and eventually go no further and you did yeah yeah no i i'm still i'm still excited about star trek but <laughs> good i feel like with with regards to what you're doing i'm realizing you know i care about this character and i like seeing some of the history mm-hmm. and the backstory and stuff but i guess i watched data in all these little snippets rather than his character study mm-hmm. and i was yeah. super into it until it started to get really emotional and so now i'm like I just, maybe I'm not a good person. Maybe I just don't like to go deep. You know, I just, I like to keep it superficial. Mm-hmm. I like to keep my my entertainment in the upper layers of the cake where there's mm-hmm. icing and a little bit of the cake and not like the lower layers where it's like crusty and stuck to the pan, but you still eat and it. Do you know what I mean? Limbs get pulled off and whatnot. Yeah, you just, that's the part of the cake that you're not ready for. Yeah, like your first officer assaults you. Yeah, don't like yeah. it. To save your life. Um, but <laughs> this is, we will watch these episodes eventually, but I had to bail on what I was going to do next because I wanted to do The Offspring and um, the other option was going to be In Theory or Days' Day. And from the episode titles, a lot of TNG fans will know why I bailed on those three in particular because they are they, they dial up the data emotion beyond what we saw in Measure of a Man by... Several notches. So I have abandoned that plan. We will hit them at some point. The counselor has said we need to be very thoughtful about Danae's um, emotional state when it comes to data, and we need to respect that. I so don't. You don't we... have to respect it. Like I can get upset. It's fine. I just don't want to make people <laughs> uncomfortable. And I feel like last oh, time people love it. People uh, love it. 
I, I there really, was no discomfort. Mm, mm-hmm, okay. I don't think so. Oh. Hey, email us if you were if you felt oh, discomforted no, d- by last week's episode. Please email us. Zip it. Zip. Captainspod at cinemasins.com. Please. We want to know. We want we want to help you. Help us to help you. <clears throat> Instead, we are two weeks away from the premiere of Picard season three. So heck it. Let's go back to season one, episode one, and do encounter at Farpoint. So this is the very, very first episode of TNG. Um the original series has been off the air for 18. How long? It got 69, 17 years, something like that. Um, We have had a couple of TOS films at this point, but this is like Star Trek's big return to TV. How are you feeling about like going back to the very, very beginning? I'm nervous. Like I am really nervous because season one of TNG is not the TNG that you know. It is so different and Mm. everyone's new and trying to find who they are and who these characters are. It's so, so different. I am I'm interested to hear how you're going to receive this. I'm nervous about whatever decision you make at this point. Um, Fair. Because, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's I am sitting beside the pilot on an adventure. And last week and some other times, it's felt like we're just sort of riding the rails. <laughs> you know? Um, but you don't know what the rails are until you watch them. Like, because mm-hmm. you can't predict how anyone would react to any episode. And I think that's what we're yeah. discovering by doing this show this way, is that if you're going to mm. introduce someone to Star Trek, you really don't get to decide how they react yeah. to Star Trek. I mean, I'm deliberately picking some big swings. And I have a lot more confidence because I this isn't really your introduction to TNG. Like, right. you have been exposed to all of this. It's just maybe once or twice and years ago. So mm-hmm. it's not immediately fresh. Yeah, you're so. right. Right. If, if I was a brand new person, it would, I, maybe totally it would be very different. different. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. I think but we have still, to go from the beginning onwards. I think the I think the premise is still there, though. Like somebody yeah. who's being reintroduced or is trying to figure out, do mm-hmm. I like, you know, am I like, but I have really enjoyed the universe of Star Trek as we talked about this whole yeah. time. So I'm excited to see the origins. I think it'll be interesting. It, it, it maybe would feel a little bit like when I was little, I went to a like um, a what's it called? A theme park. Mm-hmm. called i think six flags or something right yeah six flags exists okay and then and then when i went back as an adult i was like this place is trash you know what i mean and so mm-hmm. i'm kind of mm-hmm. hoping hoping i don't have that same feeling like this was awesome when i was little but this is not fun and i hope it's not that but i don't think it is because if it was super <laughs> bad it wouldn't it wouldn't have lasted as long as it has um, uh, the eighties was a different time. You were like pretty much guaranteed to get a few years out of it. But yeah, and I mean, what I what I love about this episode is that there there are bits of it that are super TNG, and you're just like, oh man, they knew what they were going for immediately, and like the just like the boldness of the ship in particular. Mm-hmm. And but the characters and the actors themselves are just they they don't know who they are yet. So it's very 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 interesting to watch. Um, what? Give me one big prediction and one oddly specific prediction. Hmm. Big prediction. A, a big prediction will be that we see as many characters as we possibly can in this episode. <laughs> That's my big prediction. My okay. specific one is it's it's well like there, I have the ones that I feel would be obvious. Like there's going to be some kind of activity on the bridge where everybody has to like no, wiggle more around. More specific. More specific. Right. Right. So it's going to be 
a hard zoom in on was Worf part of it from the beginning? He was, yeah, okay. from day one. We're gonna yeah. hard zoom in on Worf for a confused expression <laughs> during a bridge wiggle. Where nice. yeah, yeah. Amazing. Okay, cool. I love it. That's great. Um really interestingly, we're doing part one this week and part two next week. I have no idea where part one stops. I've only ever watched this as a full 90-minute experience. So I don't know where this is going to stop and end part one. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Um, Okay, well, with that, let's head to uh, the holodeck to watch the episode, and we'll see you all in 10 forward. Two to beam out. Welcome to 10 Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator and share our immediate thoughts and feelings on the episode. We just watch together. Most important question first, what would you like from the replicator? Hmm. Well, I have a sneaky suspicion that whatever it is that I want isn't going to be available, but then I turn and then suddenly it is available. So I'm going to nice. say that I want a nice. pumpkin spice latte, but it's not really what I want, you know? I, and then mm-hmm. I turn around and it's actually apple cider. And that's actually what I really wanted. And I'm going to think, was that apple cider mm. there all along? Yeah. You just won't know. And you'll almost mm. dismiss it until yeah. you try and buy a rug. And then the rug is perfect. It's perfect. But it doesn't cost $20,000, which makes it even more perfect. Right. I would like an ice cold um, Tasha Yar, please. Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> she got snow Oh cold. my God. She got she got white. She got dusted in this episode. You want a dead you want a dead person? No, you want her on ice. That's all. Nice and frosty. Moving on! Moving on! Right, today, this week, we're going all the way back to episode one of Star Trek The Next Generation. Danae, give us a synopsis. What Jeez. happened in this episode? In part one of this episode. Okay. 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 In this episode, the entire world is introduced to a brand new crew of people. And it believes with all of its heart that what will make it stand out more than any show that you may have ever seen is that it takes the ship and makes it two. But wait, it takes the two and makes it one later. Will the crew be able to tell a random alien creature that people are good, humans sucked and still do, but not that bad enough? Well, that's what the show is getting close to telling us, but then it stops. Because we don't know Picard yet, but he's going to have a speech. Also, in this episode, the appearance of security guards wearing recycled material and doing drugs. <laughs> Took me a second to work out where you, where, where you were going, Matt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah cool. Missing from this episode, mm-hmm. Riker's beard. Correct. Nowhere to be found. Um, yeah, pretty good. The, we're introduced to the Enterprise D and a brand new crew of the Enterprise. Uh, an alien shows up and says, y'all be bad. And Picard's like, yeah, we're not quite as bad as we were, but cool, test us. And we see characters, the ship breaks up, goes back together, end of episode. <laughs> yeah, this episode is like setting up like, let's make this major theme of our new show that we're going to stand apart from humanity in this way. And it's like this really central theme. So it's kind of a pretty serious start to a to a show super duper serious overall thoughts and feelings what were your instincts on this half of an episode i'm bored oh yeah. i'm so bored no, it's actually, a rough it's, one it's it is a bit rough but it's also interesting to kind of like see them lean into what they think is interesting which yeah, is what it was going for a lot of intense staring a lot of techno conversation 
a lot of pushing buttons mm. and just completely skipping over things that we actually find interesting. Like mm-hmm. when Jordy is introduced, we're just like glossing over that so fast. Um, and when I was most engaged in the potential story is when the mystery of this Farpoint station just starts to be sprinkled in because we're watching the first half. Mm-hmm. And the first half is largely dedicated to this Q character showing up and saying humanity are savages and we don't want I don't want you on this in the neck of the woods so go back to where you came from kind of a thing and so then he puts him on trial so we're seeing a lot kind of happening maybe too much happening honestly but it's really confident in certain parts of it that I found mm-hmm. to be like really fascinating and there's sounds I don't remember hearing in episodes going forward that are are there a lot uh when they're in the um the warship part which bridge. I will call the, the slug. star drive. It's a. It looks like a slug. little slug. It doesn't it does. look like a slug. It does. When oh, the saucer is taken off, it me. looks like this little slug in space, and it's adorable. Killing but it's me. like a killer slug. But when they're in that section and they're pushing all the buttons of the panels, it's mm-hmm. making noise. There's noises like pressing button noises that I don't yeah, remember ever being there. It's like a mechanical there. click, click, click. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. So that's kind of fun in a way because it's like, I don't think that that carried on. And, um, you know, you're seeing the dynamic between the people. And I think it's like, what what is everyone going to find interesting? And mm. the, the conversations between them seem to both lack substance and be too complex all at the same time. It's really interesting because <laughs> they, they make these really huge leaps into what a Star Trek audience is going to find normal. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Deanna Choi's first lines, like I'm sensing something powerful. Like, okay, well, well, that's interesting. And then we don't really expand on what that no, is just or bam, why. He turns up, the powerful She's thing just, arrives. Like, oh, I guess she can like predict the future. So we we kind of gloss over stuff. Uh, but then they do some things that I really enjoyed with the character introductions. I think they did mm. a really good job because you can tell Worf's intensity. You can tell Riker's intensity. Klingon. Just to yeah. run in terror when my captain faces battle is dishonorable. Yeah, there was a lot of captain-centered conversation too. Like, yeah. how is Riker gonna? Everybody's kind of like coming in line for this captain. You know, even Tasha mm-hmm. thinks she steps out of line and she's back in line. And everyone's kind of like, it's really leaning towards the this is how you're supposed to do it because you're captain of a ship. Sort of the order of things, which makes sense is the first show. Uh, show way more uh, formal than what we're used to. Very formal. Very, very formal. And then there's Data, whose first appearance is showing us that he's android, and he turns into a thesaurus. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the only time I laughed this episode was (laughs) when Data was like, Snoop, sneak, da, 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 and kind of kept going. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty clever. Um, So, yeah. I think it was good. I think it was good. It's a a fascinating episode to me. It's not one of my favorites by any means. Um, It is, you know, it's... It is damaged by how good Star Trek TNG becomes later on. It is damaged because we want every single episode to be this family that we know and love so much. The interactions that we know, the dynamics that they have. So to go back to episode one where they don't have it yet, it's yeah. it's so jarring. And like Picard is. is just 100% a dick to Riker. He's just like, I'm going to test him. I'm going to, well, I, yeah, okay. I don't because know if he's a dick. He's just not. He's playing a game is what is more what I mean. He's more confident in his superiority. And usually you don't see that part of his personality. Mm. 
or they just downplay it later. Yeah, and I think a good chunk of this is Patrick Stewart not knowing how long he was going to be doing I mean, this for. How else would you perform that if it's written that way, though? You know? Yeah, but the the word, I guess it, a lot of it could come with the direction as well. But maybe they were predicting this English Shakespearean actor was going to be really, really strict, really, really firm. And he softens up as it as it goes on a lot more than I think maybe they expected. But um, I know the way Gene Roddenberry always described it was that Riker, if you put Riker and Picard together, that makes Kirk. He split Kirk into two people and made them the first officer and the the captain of the ship. Yeah, I guess That's I can. I mean, I can see for. that. But you know, when when Riker comes on and he's like, "So tell me, like." I- welcome aboard but tell me about this time that you directly disobeyed your captain's orders and mm. why and i think that's probably a good question to ask yeah and it kind of digs into where riker's line is like i will obey your orders until you put your own self in harm's way mm-hmm. and then picard quickly pivots into the picard that i think we know which yeah. is the okay cool i'm fine with that also kids Ding. <laughs> so i hate so that kids was fun. Don't like you got to make sure I'm cool. Okay, are we cool? Make sure I look cool. Now, what's interesting about the um, Picard bringing up the uh, disobeying his uh, captain's orders is that in season season seven, there's an episode where uh, Picard is talking to another captain, and he's like, "Why did you? Why did you pick Riker?" And he says, "This is why I picked Riker because he read that report." And saw that he disobeyed an order to protect his captain. So you find out in season seven that's why he picked Riker. So it's well, I, it's really I, cool. That's what I thought. That's I yeah. was like he he sees something interesting in that. And then Worf, you know, like it, it's. In, I felt like Picard in this episode would very easily be interpreted as the captain that knows what he's doing, trusts his people, but wants them to comply according to what he wants. Because mm. like. Um, Tasha apologized for kind of speaking out of order, but then later like attacked somebody, and that was cool, I guess. Um, and then uh, Worf does something and then apologizes for being out of order, and that's mm-hmm. where I was confused. I'm like, I didn't realize that they were out of order, but the show is telling me that they're out of order. So there's probably some sort of system here that exists that they're not following directly, or yeah. they're forcing tension to show that he's a strict captain or that he expects excellence or something. And I, I didn't quite know what the show was going for because I don't understand so this, the rules, essentially. This, this happens a lot in season one. There's almost this TOS hangover because the original series was way more military. Like, it was way more like we are in... We're basically in the Navy. So you will... And they use a lot more ter- Navy terminology, like yeoman, and he now can't remember any terminology, but... It was way more like based on the military. So it was really, really strict, really regimented. You've signed on to Starfleet. You're in a branch of the military. Um, the mission was still exploration, but it was very, very strict. And mm. season one kind of feels a little bit the original series in that respect. And it loosens up a lot as the, obviously, as the series goes on. But yeah, yeah they're, they're still kind of in that. Well, this is how we did it 18 years ago. Yeah. We want something that's kind of familiar, but also new as well. Like, you've got to explain what's changed over 80 years. Maybe that's why there was a lot of... I think there was probably, what, 17 entire minutes of everyone just describing what warp they were at? <laughs> no! You damn know? it! I will not have that. That is the best part of Star Trek. We're at warp 9.6. 9.7! We can get to 9.8, but at extreme risk. <laughs> And That's then, the and shit then, I want for my then, Star Trek. And then it just shifts, and I'm pretty sure the next one is like, uh, the uh, bad guy behind us is at 9.8. Five, 
and yeah. and and then the next one for the ship is okay. We're at nine point six. Like we, I thought we were already past <laughs> nine point six. Oh, this like this this episode like considering. I mean, it really is an episode of two parts. Like part part two is encounter at far point. Part one is encounter with the Enterprise because yeah. this is all about showing off the Enterprise, yeah. dipping into a little bit of who the crew is, but mainly. This is Picard, and this is your new ship. Get settled I, in. But there's really not a lot of settling, because obviously some pretty weird stuff happens, yeah. and they need to do a saucer separation. Listen, I don't remember in all of my TNG watching ever mm-hmm. seeing that. Ever. Okay. This, so where this I... is my first time to see the saucer separation, mm-hmm. and it seems pretty badass. Right. It seems, and it's like... We have a war section <laughs> somewhere. I don't remember yeah, this do. at all. And this oh, is in episode it. one. And so you're like, oh, wow, this is pretty rad. And then to know that I watched the, all of it, and I'm like, <laughs> it never this happens again. Does, does it? Does it ever happen again? It's, I'm going to save it for sins. I'm putting it in the, uh, it's the biggest sin of the episode. Biggest, biggest okay. sin of the episode. I want to talk about how awesome it is. Okay. This is so fucking ballsy. Like, they've been sat on this for ages because they wanted the Enterprise A refit to do this as well but they couldn't find a logical way to put it into the wrath of khan to put it into the movie they wanted kirk's enterprise to separate and do this badass thing so bless him gene roddenberry the absolute nerd has been sat on this visual for so long and i think he forgot about the rest of the episode and just went we're doing it no excuses the enterprise d is going to separate it's going to have it will not have any bearing on the story but it's going to look fucking cool I don't mind it. It might be my favorite part of the episode, to be quite honest with you, is that it is so boldly for a Star Trek fan. Uh And for a first episode, it's not like welcoming in new people. It's like, you don't fucking get it. You can get the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah, fuck off. We're going to play the theme music. We're going to do a pan on Picard. It's going to we're going to show you the entire undocking sequence from start to finish. You're going to sit there for 90 seconds and enjoy it. And just enjoy the theme tune. It's fine. Uh, I I love it. It's my it the is my favorite tw- part like, of the episode. During it's like oh this is the most <laughs> epic thing. <laughs> but during <laughs> the show, while yeah. the saucer separates, it's the it's only like, time it happens. It's it's alarmingly it it is the greatest nerd moment. It really it, it really truly is. is. It's great. It's so ballsy just to play the theme music pretty much start to finish again, and it's like. Bum, 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 into the next scene. It's so mm-hmm. jarring. It's just like, yeah. that scene could have been anywhere in the show because it doesn't transition well at all. It's just a big old, yeah, we know you like the ship. Here's the ship. Yeah. And then they like it. the I writers and Gene, and they're all like, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be fantastic. They finish like doing what they're doing. Like, you know what? I have an idea. Let's reverse image and do it again. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they do. And it's like, I can put the shit back together. (laughs) I have a, I have, it's hard because part of me wants to sin that because it, to me, pacing wise, pacing wise, it's like, this is is Riker's big moment is putting a ship back together. But you know, maybe this is a big deal. You know, this is the, the show is so confident in what it's doing Mm -hmm. and and the actors are so committed to what they're doing that I, I will abandon. Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you're going to do this manually? 
okay like if the android is freaked out (laughs) the android is freaked out which i didn't think was possible and when the saucer is separating and we're watching it happen for 28 minutes i think about that yeah roughly and it's just bouncing around from like person's facial expressions to Uh person's facial expression i'm pretty sure that dina troy was like she's got the most beautiful huge brown eyes oh, first of all huge. well they're completely black they put contact lenses on her because that's oh a beta thing that and it just sense. makes them look humongous oh, it's against amazing. the whites of her eyes yeah. and so it's this huge contrast and maybe it's her actual tears from having to wear the contact lenses I'm not sure uh-huh. but she yep. looks terrified concerned worried and also committed all the same time and her eyes are just getting glossier and glossier like she's about to burst into tears mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, holy shit, this is really important. Like, this is dangerous stuff. And we're in an episode today, okay? Mm-hmm. If this episode were to be remade today, if Captain Picard said, we're going to separate the saucer section, and everyone was this terrified by it, yeah. happening at warp whatever 9.9, because there's such a huge, like, there's you have to do it perfectly or whatever data had calculated. In your brand new ship. Every, the, the next 10 minutes would be dedicated to the engineering team and all everyone coming together to run all the tests to make sure that yeah. it works. And we would be seeing people like figure it out and we'd be having technical conversation. Yep. This episode is just like, we're doing it. There's no conversation yep. about how or, or get it done. It's just they just go to the next room down the special entrance that I've never seen. I thought that was a toilet, but whatever. Like, you know they went down on a different oh no the front tube. one is a turbo lift yeah apparently it's the, you saw it's that the back the back left uh-huh. one is the toilet sure yeah well it i is. i know i know i've seen it on the schematics many many times now because i keep looking at it like hey that is the toilet right yep. in the duck room or whatever but anyway we we go down mm-hmm. and i just i don't know it went that went so fast that's the stuff i'm talking about there's things that they just kind of gloss over mm-hmm. that i'm thinking no, no, no. because no, i want to get was... to the big swing yeah I'm not saying Which, it's okay. Yeah, I'm not saying it's okay, but but the big swing for this drama, episode, drama, drama. the drama drama big swing of this episode is the humanity on trial. Mm, yes, right, absolutely. And I I found that to be very boring. <laughs> so I agreed. <laughs> okay, okay, all it, right, all right. It goes Q and all of the, his cuteness goes somewhere interesting, but it is very in this episode. It's very preachy. It's very it is. melodramatic, very over the top, very cheesy, and but as a and I as a premise, it's fine. It's just got an '80s delivery on it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like the whole it's humanity okay. being put on trial and the crew of the Enterprise having to prove them wrong is an interesting premise. But in this one episode, it's it's both not given enough weight and mm-hmm. given too much, too much pomp and ceremony. Yeah, I fe- I feel like what it's doing is something that I find that a lot of shows do, which is sort of, sort of addressing the questions of the previous stuff. Like, there's mm-hmm. we're gonna go into the next level of the show by kind of addressing what we want to address that we didn't get to answer from the last show, and so maybe all of the destruction and savagery of the human race that was on display that they thought in what they were previously creating they're like we want to start this next show answering this question right at the beginning as far as what sets us apart from the savagery they had an agenda and and i can understand that and i i actually don't i don't mind it too much it was just the you can feel that they're all just kind of getting used to it but at the same time i it was still fun to see everyone like it was fun to see tasha and it's fun to see 
Worf not quite settled into where I know Worf mm. to be. Well, he was just basically an extra with a couple of lines. Like, yeah, I think the only reason that we get Big Worf is because Tasha leaves. Like, there wasn't really a spot for him. Um, and uh, Lavar Burton was big for having done um, Roots, I believe, was the show that he did. And he, I think, yeah. he started reading Rainbow at this point. And so he was the biggest, like, the most famous actor to be cast. Hmm. And he's barely in it. So they always had a plan for Geordie, but they didn't know exactly where he was going to be yet. Because he's not chief engineer yet. He's a he's a helms person. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I felt this about the Sasser separation. And I felt this about um, Geordie LaForge's character too. And that is that a couple of really interesting things happened in this episode for me the fan that i don't remember become like like knowing or realizing saucer separation one Mm -hmm. but two that he's constantly in pain i never knew that i like it's it's, does that ever get resolved yes thank god (laughs) (laughs) it comes up a few times and it it is fascinating like it is really interesting to know that this gives him sight but he has constant headaches like it's just Having an electronic device burrow into your neuron neurons is, and he can have pain relief for it, but it hampers his vision. So he loses like twenty percent of his vision. So it's or that, you can have that brain trade-off. surgery, exploratory and experimental brain surgery. I yeah. suppose it's yeah, so. it's pretty wild. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I was like, I didn't know that. I wish I knew that to a certain mm-hmm. degree. But also, it's interesting that. These are like little facts that maybe come up again later and I miss them because I wasn't paying like 100% attention or I haven't watched it as much as anybody mm-hmm. else, obviously. So maybe it's brought up again, but it just seems like such a brushed over thing that's really important. <laughs> it is. And it's that, so, that balance of it's the it's the syndication thing. So you have to be really careful with those through plots because... If you have an episode where that's resolved and you know that Geordie isn't pain isn't in pain anymore, when you watch an episode on repeat and it's out of order, you're like, oh, which one is this? Is he in pain yet? Is he not in pain yet? Yeah. So that's why yeah. they're always so superficial yeah. with that kind of stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. That well, you never sense. get an episode where Data is like, I am now human because <laughs> it would fuck up the rest of the show. He always has to have the same journey. Yeah. Overall, I did I did enjoy it though. It was the pacing was strange and I felt mm. like because I trial shows and stuff, I don't usually yeah. get into like courtroom dramas. Uh, yeah, what a we weird had one choice. last episode <laughs> um, that I really did not enjoy too much. Uh-huh. So here we are, like yes. again, sort Damn of it. in another judiciary situation. But that's Damn okay. Yeah. Uh, because I think I know what they're going for is we're going to prove that it, it, it's strange because when Q wants them to stand trial and sends them back in time to actually exist in this society that mm-hmm. of course is we don't we have never i've never seen the society exist in content so it looks you know like made up to me but to them it's actual history well apparently it happens eight years from now so okay get cool. ready for that Yay. uh <laughs> so we we're in the situation like okay so they go back in time to stand trial in this very specific time period where q reigns supreme as judge jury all that stuff mm-hmm and then he also, but they're just, they're referencing all these different time frames and all of their own history mm-hmm. and how, well, yeah, you can say this, but then whenever this thing happened in this time, then that undoes this. And then Q is just like, yeah, fuck that. I can do whatever yeah. I want. So it's like none of the conversations 
I, I can follow mm-hmm. uh, very easily. I mean, I can put context clues together, but I don't know where I'm supposed to dig in. If Q can just do whatever Q wants, I, I kind of felt myself going like, well, get to the point then, you know, because yeah, this is a bit who is helpless. This, yeah. Who is this fun for? And maybe it's for the characters themselves to establish sort of. It's just for Q. This world, yeah. but. Inside the story, it is just for Q. Um, there is, this is, a, a few of my sins are undone just by the answer because Q. Like, he just likes yeah. to fuck with people. And I can see why that is, that can be frustrating because why would you bother playing along? If you can change all of the rules and you can, we said this in Picard season two, if Q can just snap his fingers and undo everything, why are they playing along? Yeah. Why are they it's, bothering to make any plans because he can just undo all of the plans so they have to take his powers away. And does Picard at this point know that because this is their first no, encounter exactly. with him. So so he he's trying to like fight for the state and fight for his crew and figure out how to conversely or through law establish that his crew shouldn't be held responsible for the crimes yeah. of an entire race. That's it. That's interesting, but what a heavy place to start a show. And I think that's my biggest problem is that it's kind of burying the lead. Like this is maybe a good episode two, mm-hmm. but episode one, you probably should have just introduced your characters, like give them a mystery, give them something that brings them together. But then yeah, it gets settled in. This I know Q better than I know anyone else on the ship at this point. And like, that's saying a lot because Q is. Con- using because <laughs> we still don't really know anything about him like what a huge thing for us to focus on when we should be focusing on the show and the ship so it's a really interesting huge big swing for, it's a, for a huge pilot. bad guy and a huge yeah. character to introduce in the first episode uh it also is interesting to see the um the graphics design work of this episode mm, where we have gimme. like the we have the um fence type shield thing so that pops up on screen it's and so I'm much like, more interesting than just a force field isn't it the grid yeah, work like the sort of interconnected locking weirdness and like the lightning and, the the sound yeah. of lightning, like kew, kew, kew. yeah it's really interesting i liked that uh and it kind of like it was almost like waving as if there was a mm. breeze but we're in space so that's not exactly what was happening mm-hmm. um and then he turns into a space marble that was cool. <laughs> but why? But yes. We don't know why. No. Nope. But he, you know, we turned into a space marble just to travel and, and mm. look look badass. So we got yeah. to see all that and hear their little, t- their babble back and forth mm-hmm. and watch people walk around the bridge and shift seats as if they know what they're doing. And They do. And, in, <laughs> and Captain Picard had a chance to tell everyone to stop talking. And I was just like, wow, this is, there's a lot going on. Uh-huh. It's, it's, if this is the first day on the ship and everyone's acting yeah, this casual, right? <laughs> wow. Woof. Wow. Um, I, I absolutely adore that sequence of the Enterprise. They're deciding that they're going to run. They're going to try and escape the Q energy field. And just like the view screen is slanted to show that the ship <laughs> is like doing a hard turn to the right. And it's just like just doing a 180 wheel spins and zooms off and then starts separating. And I I love that. Like it's it just makes the little child inside me just go, yeah, spaceships, woo! I it's a really dramatic scene. Even if I don't understand the drama altogether. Like we accelerate so quickly into battle stations, let's run. 
Um, yeah. Without really knowing whether that's going to make a difference against this being that can just appear and perform magic, apparently. Yeah, and and one that appears as a captain of the sea first, and then a war yeah. like a war veteran, and then you know like <laughs> so it's obviously very very powerful. <laughs> yeah, clearly. So um, I think like if I saw this for my first my first episode that I ever saw, and I saw this episode, I I would be curious, and I think mm. I would watch again. Um, it was all. It's just. It seems like they're all having fun, and they're taking it very seriously. And when you uh-huh. have a show that ha- gives that much to what they're doing, every everyone's bought in. If one person was not taking it seriously, mm-hmm. I think it doesn't work as well. But everyone is like really it's in it, so and I confident. thought I really appreciated that. Honestly. It's so so yeah. confident. Yeah, I totally agree because <laughs> yeah. it it starts with like the Picard silhouette like coming towards. Well, I mean, first of all, it opens with the Enterprise, just the best starship reveal probably ever on TV. It's just, mm-hmm. bam, here's your new ship. It's beautiful. It's well lit. Take note, modern TV shows. Um, You can see it. And then just this zoom into like Picard revealing himself. And then a glory tour of engineering and the warp core. And then a glory tour of the bridge. It's like they know exactly what we want to see. And then we saw away. it separate and go back together. Yes. You guys. Ugh. What a what a day. It's low-hanging fruit, but man, I was pumped. Fucking love this shit. So good. And then saves the story for the second half. Because that's when the that's when the actual encounter at Farpoint happens. It happens 50 minutes in. We haven't even got to it yet. The first part sprinkles in the mystery though pretty yes. well. And it uh-huh. seems very kind of like, okay, what is what is happening? Who mm-hmm. has the power here yeah. you have like the the people that are on far point are looking pretty haggard mm-hmm. uh they're looking like they're drained they're feeling they're feeling very oh my god what are those creatures in dark crystal skexies um <laughs> the, e- the ones the that eagles? they're the ones that they're um like sucking the life out of though do you remember i it has been so long i can't remember what they're called the no. gelflings Gelflings, right? yes. So, so the the Skeksis like capture the Gelflings, and the Gelflings get like their energy sucked out, and then it mm-hmm. gives like life back to the Skeksis, like the sallowed eyes. And, yeah, they're like getting like these sallowy eyes, and they're looking yeah. like really gaunt. And so I'm watching these people. I'm like, they're looking a little Skeksis Gelfling, mm-hmm. a little to me. <laughs> so I don't know if What's there's ener- like, is there energy that's being like pulled from people to create reality mm. and what does what's the Groplin the... know? Cause he knows something. He does indeed. But uh, that was really exciting for me. The mystery of that was really mm. interesting, but I feel like there's so many people that would find the mystery of how do you think through who's responsible for the savage sins of your race that mm. would be very interesting for some people. So I think they they threw out a couple big hooks. Yeah, uh, they did. Along it's super with bold. some easy some easy wins for Star Trek nerds like yeah. you know spaceship porn, which we saw a lot of. There is an argument that you can cut this and you can into a forty five minute episode that removes Q and just does the encounter at Farpoint. You can absolutely do that, and it's probably a better pilot because, like I said, you've got the you've got the mystery that brings the crew together. Uh, it's just a typical Star Trek mystery that you get to the bottom of and whatnot. But they really wanted to introduce Q from day one because I think he appears in season one and two more than he appears the rest of the 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 rest of the series. Um, mm. It was it's just probably a little bit too much. But I think 
Maybe it's back, in, back in the 80s, you just didn't have to worry so much. It's like, we're spending a lot of money on this. We're going to get a couple of seasons. So let, let's go big. The question I would ask myself is, who watches part one and is like, I cannot wait for part two? And mm, did they did they do enough in part one to create that desire to come back and continue to meet these people? And there might be a little... So it's kind of like when you sit down at a table to play Dungeons and Dragons with your friends mm -hmm. the first time, and yeah. you know that you are a cleric, but you don't know maybe all of the parts of your personality just yet as you're role-playing, mm -hmm. it kind of felt like, I know that I'm a betazoid, but I don't know what that means just, like yes, what kind exactly. of person I am. I yes. know that I'm a first officer. I know, and they had maybe one trait sort of thought through. So, and and that trait, interestingly with Deanna, is Gene Roddenberry said, I need you to make up an accent. And she was like, what do you mean? He was like, I just, I need you to make up an alien accent. So you're going to be speaking English, but I need you to invent an accent. So she was just like, okay. So the trait she's focusing on is the voice that she's doing, which you'll see. I didn't in know this she episode, was doing a voice. You might notice it more in part two, where she gets a lot more to say, but her voice is very interesting. Like the delivery on certain words. I didn't know she was words. trying to do a voice yeah, or an yeah. accent. Uh-huh. She's inventing an accent. Can we focus on something more important, though? Mm, of course. In this episode, we have scants. Scants. The scants. Yes. They were everywhere. The unisex scant. Everyone gets one. I remember you showing this to me yeah. the first time. Was it on this show? Or was it before yes. we started this no, show? No, no, it'll be on this show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we were looking up pictures and I was like, what is what is happening right scants. now? I want one. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> the, their pattern exists out there somewhere. I think I remember we were looking up patterns for it too, like pretending like we would as a crew show up yes. at a convention sometime oh my goodness. with like CinemaSin scans everywhere. <laughs> I love scans and the big boots as well. I love it. It's Did beautiful. You, I was linked on Twitter. I believe it was Twitter to somebody that said that they have the boots that you can buy Star Trek boots. Mm, that yeah, are yeah, from, from Picard. Yeah. From Picard. Or, I, was it Strange New Worlds? They're anyway, like it's one of them. $500. I know. Though. It's so, but and I was like, I could so buy those. They're so badass. No. They're, they're gorgeous. so gorgeous. And Ugh. you know that they're handcrafted. And it's just like, I want, I can't buy them sight unseen. I need to put them on my body yeah, huh? yeah. to know if it's like, yes, this Wearable. is a worthwhile investment. I would need to attend probably to justify them like 50 conventions or something. Yeah, you'd have to know that's you're a, getting a lot of That's asking a lot, you know? They're so expensive. When, they're so fucking it sexy. Sucks. But those boots with a scant, Right? Come on! Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing um, the yeah. scan is beautiful. I love it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Mm. Can I ask you a question? Go. Yeah. So in this episode, we see people go down a lift into the engine room. Uh, the lift, mm. by the way, is padded. If you look at it closely, that's just a mattress that they have on the back wall. I'm oh, sure. Really? Oh, I missed that. That's I amazing. don't think it's actually a mattress. It just looks I like you know, when the lift is coming down, it just looks very mattress-esque. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, and then, uh, but I don't remember this being the engine room. Do they change it? It's an odd angle. So we very, very rarely see it from this okay. angle. Like from here on outwards, you basically have six angles that you see the end that you see the engine room from, and it's not this one. But it is multi-level. It does there is a balcony that goes around the top of the warp core, but mm -hmm. it's only really used in a couple of episodes in season one and two. 
Probably um, because yeah. watching somebody slowly descend on a lift is really boring. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. And also you Although, have turbo lifts. You know what it feels like? It's like when you get something to build from Lego and mm-hmm. it has like the little lift and you just think it's so cool to watch your little Lego character go up and down. Yes. It kind of feels it's like, oh, yes. this is so cool. But oh, man, Lego engine room from the Enterprise D. Gimme, 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 gimme. <laughs> I would love that. Oh, my God. I'd love that so much. Um, did you know who the elderly gentleman at the end of the episode was? Ah, okay, so this was the uh, Bones? Was it Bones? Yeah, it was. Yeah. What? It was McCoy. Yeah, hold well on. Really? Dr. McCoy. Yeah. Wow. It. Guys. I didn't see any pointy ears on your boy. So <laughs> it was about this like time. I kind of want to go back and watch that scene again because I was. You were talking to tell me when the episode ended and talking oh, over right. that scene, and I missed so much, but it felt Got like it. it was important because it's like, here is a cameo, and we're spending a lot of time here, mm-hmm. and this is an ambassador, and so, yeah, and I'm like, this is somebody important, obviously, right? Like, is this an important person? Because they weren't from Farpoint, you know, it wasn't yeah. inside the story. It felt very, like, external. Yeah. He's just saying that... They just have a little idle chit-chat conversation, and he's just like, yeah, it's a new ship, but it's got the right name, and yeah, make sure you look after her, because she'll look after you, and then they walk off into the sunset of the, the corridor. Yeah, the sunset little, of the corridor. Little, little passing off of the- Of the baton. Of the baton, yeah. even though he's in three other films after this. <laughs> <laughs> or two more. Two more films, I think. Yeah, uh, two more notice, films after this. Did you notice that he said Captain's Log supplementary instead of supplemental? Uh, yeah, they kind of changed that around a little bit. Yeah, I was like, "What's that? What are you doing? Why are you changing the words? I don't don't change the words." You added you added more syllables, and you didn't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, they didn't quite have all of the catchphrases down yet. Like, I wondered if um, "Now hear this" was intended to be a catchphrase that he uses a lot because he does it twice in this episode, and mm-hmm. it uh, just it doesn't catch on afterwards. But yeah, this is before the make it so's and the um, mm-hmm. engage and whatnot. Yeah, yeah it's and it also like other thing that changes over time is their quality of their sound. Like you could almost hear how echoey the room was mm. where they were. You know, like it just yeah, it wasn't quite it wasn't quite there just yet. Mm. But that's okay. Well, any other positives? I've gushed about mm. it. I'm I'm done. I'm ready to sin it. Let's see. <laughs> okay, if I was gonna say anything else that I really enjoyed, and maybe this is a good trans transition to sins because i'm sure it's also sinful the epic moment when judge q is revealed down a long dark hallway mm-hmm. with a little yeah. spotlight on his face mm-hmm. and here he comes <laughs> forward on this really strange sort of like this has got to be a device that they usually use to change the lighting like 45 <laughs> feet at, on they the sound stage and they like, yeah, they just bring it down, cover it in like black boxes. And Everyone they stick is it t- like on tenterhook, just like, please don't kill John Delancey. Please don't kill John Delancey. And they like, we'll put like this wooden chair from like a previous yeah. thing. We'll just, and they just stick it on there. And he's just holding on for dear life. How safe and is just- this? It's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> and then they like add the camera over his shoulder t- for this dramatic effect, like looking from on high. Oh, and it's supposed it. to be this super slow drama of him. You know, waving to his patrons down below or whatever, and he's just so. Which means supposed to be. It is. And and it's just like. And there's just some guy in the back. (laughs) It's just on this joystick, just sort of controlling. I'm like, please God. This is gonna look great. This is gonna look great. We promise. (laughs) 
That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, with that, let's head over to engineering. For a instance, is futile. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains and remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Ambassador, you first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I don't have any sins for this episode. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. If I do, then you do. <laughs> I there is this moment when they're trying to figure out kind of the complexity of this creature Q, and so in order to attempt to limit Q's ability to potentially listen in, Picard tells everyone to no longer use communication. And two things happen in the, in like the following scene, he immediately uses communication, which was annoying to communicate with the with the engine room. Like he sends Worf to deliver a message in person rather than over the comms because mm-hmm. they're not using comms. But then in the next scene, when they're still not supposed to be using comms, he just says, engine room, I need more power. <laughs> and she's like, you weren't supposed, what, what are we doing? But so that's, that's one thing. And two is he instructs everyone to quote, and I might be misunderstanding this, Captain. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Use printout only. Okay, not literal eh, 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 printing out bits of paper because <laughs> I, 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 I picture the same thing every time. I picture like the <laughs> what, what the, the, the accountant doing the thing where like Just the like... reel of paper comes off. <laughs> Can you imagine outfitting Facts, everyone? Every... <laughs> Getting just like coming out of the walls is just this printed material. Yeah. So what does print only mean? What's going on? What does that mean then? It's like visual readout. So it's going to be in words on the monitor. But I I 100% feel exactly the same. Just (laughs) just a ton of printers going off everywhere. The replicators are all just replicating ink on overdrive. (laughs) The replicators are just chucking out paper airplanes to everyone. Pigeons Reams of paper being, everywhere. Like, beamed everywhere. Like, Send the county a pigeon to deck 12. <laughs> they turn the warp core into a paper shredder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, oh, okay. Amazing. I understand amazing. now. Okay. Amazing. I love it. Um, my, my biggest thought, I'm going to do it straight away. Man, my goodness. Do they fucking love the source of separation sequence? I know I spent so long praising it, but they masturbate to this so, so long. And the sin is they forget it exists or they just Ever? it was either too expensive they do it on two other occasions outside of one of the star trek movies geordie does it at some point in season one because i think they remembered huh we should do we this. should probably do this again yeah. and they do it in the best of both worlds when they're fighting the borg and that's the best use of it because they they have a, a tactic where having two different ships at a time makes sense. They just don't fucking use it. Maybe they were worried that it was going to be the ex machina and just use too much. Mm-hmm. Maybe they wanted the novelty to to stay, but it becomes so novel that it's like everybody forgets that it's a thing they can do. So the shame is that we never really see it utilized in cool ways. There's so many times where it's like the ship is at risk, 
Kids, families, get off the ship. Get to the saucer section, fuck off, star drive, fight. Never done. Whenever they go to the the uh, the neutral zone to face off with the Romulans, send the star drive, fuck the saucer section off, leave it. Then the Romulans yeah. know you mean business, because like, oh shit, they got rid of the kids and the families? Then you mean business. Yeah. yeah. It's just forgotten about, and it's such a shame. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. So I, I understand the idea of sending the people who shouldn't be on a star like a fighter ship Mm -hmm. to a section that can separate and like go chill out somewhere somewhere yeah and and have nap time and snack time with the children and dance around until they come back like i get Mm -hmm. that but it makes me think about so many things i shouldn't think about (laughs) for example for example q's q comes and shit goes bad and picard's like fuck it we're gonna separate day one we're just gonna go ahead and just make sure that everybody's safe and in a short order of time, everyone is on the saucer section and out. And I'm thinking, how many lifts do they have that mm-hmm. can move all of these people from a huge part of the ship to this other part of the ship? Yeah. And how important is that? That seems to be important. Or mm-hmm. what? Well, I don't know. I guess it's just a big why. Why does why so, does it matter? It of, looks cool, though. It does. It does and look I, cool. I kind of want awesome. a space slug now, so. Not a slug, but I see what it you mean. It is a space slug. It looks like a little slug, like a no, little bitty critter that's just kind of no. like, oh, look at me, I'm a small little space worm. <laughs> I think most, yeah, most of the people are already on the saucer section. I think the evacuation we see is more people than should be on the star drive because the 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 disc, the saucer section is huge. That's where your populace like mainly is like yeah the, the star drive is your warp core engineering the guts of the ship the weapons bay the shuttle bay the cargo bays that's what's in the star drive and the deflector dish all of that there shouldn't be civilians in the star drive and the dolphin section cetacean ops yep that's there as well that's there so say so we what, didn't see any dolphins get exactly no mainly like so 10 forward so the metal the recreational stuff the bridge um it's yeah it's where the bulk of the thousand people live on the ship the school the nursery bizarrely um uh uh sick bay isn't sick bay is in the star drive um but yeah it's it's the the habitat place it's where most of them live yeah okay all right i mean okay sure cool i don't know if it, if you need if you it, need to separate just... the ship it means you probably shouldn't have families on there in the first place it, that's and also, it seems to me that the saucer section is usually the one that's getting battered by the fire when they do stay together. Yeah, they, they, don't, the they don't actually uh-huh. batter the part that's the, the worship part. They, they batter the part where all mm-hmm. the families are. So it's like, hey, come on board this exploration ship that's also a warship and put your family right at the front of the danger. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, totally. Do they ever be use the battle bridge ship? again, though? Do they use the battle bridge ever? Um, yeah, they use it in they use it in the two other times. No, just the one other. T- they definitely use it for the best of both worlds. I don't think it gets used okay. other than that. Because mm. the only time you need to use the battle bridge is when, when you don't you have, have the, the bridge right. bridge. Otherwise, it's just wasted space. Somebody someday is going to rethink the efficiency of all starships and be like, you know what? If the entire bridge can fit into a closet, why do we have <laughs> why do we have an so entire much space? floor for it? Yeah, I, I love the super reclining ops positions where like data gets into his seat and he's like <laughs> fully reclined <laughs> <laughs> but gene roddenberry always said he wanted this to be comfortable like this was going to be space travel in comfort um that's why they went like super reclined it just looked a bit weird yeah 
Um, I'm going to send the annoying as fuck bell that just kept being rung during this whole trial oh, situation. yeah. It there just is, put you on edge. There's this recurring thing. So, like, they go to Red Alert, and Captain Picard is so annoyed at a very important alarm that he says, quit that shit, and they turn the alarm off, which was stupid. Then, when they get into the battle bridge, there's another annoying alarm that he ignores mm-hmm. rather than get annoyed by it. And then they go to trial and there's this bell that just keeps getting rung. And it's a bell that is akin to a bell that's on the front of a cow walking through a field. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like... Ding dong, ding dong. So clearly, I mean, and the whole scene was just... Mo- probably lasted 42 minutes long, that particular scene, of just people in stands wearing interesting costumes, booing, screaming, reacting, whatever, whatever. And it was just like, wow, this is a lot, guys. Mm-hmm. This is a this lot. Is a I, lot. Have a, I have a five and a half year old. She's been home every day almost this week because of the the weather and she's a lot you know she needs a lot of attention she needs a lot of things to like focus on it was like 50 five and a half year olds in this scene that would not stop and i just wanted it i i just i wanted to fast forward and be like okay i don't need to see this and you know what i think i could have fast forwarded that scene (laughs) and not missed much no i agree it is really obnoxious it was an obnoxious scene yeah it's the the my least favorite part for sure um, mm-hmm. However, you do get the iconic Q robes. I do, do love get the Q robes. Yeah, you have to have that scene. And you get the cool machine that, that brings him out that he was glued to. So. <laughs> the sideways <laughs> cherry picker, yeah. Um, this was just a funny thing that, that I've always thought was weird. So good old Miles O'Brien is on the battle bridge. And I love that yeah, he's he there from episode one. Like just, But he doesn't go back in time. <laughs> no, he's just he doesn't get picked up for what they decided he was going to be a side character. What's interesting is when they return to the bridge and he, the battle bridge and Data's like, what's our course and heading? And he's like, en route to Farpoint, like it always has been. What are you asking? Miles, why are you on the battle bridge and not on the actual bridge then? Like, does he not think it's strange that he started I... on the main bridge and moved down there? I like, thought he came down what? with them, didn't he? No, he did. But he's acting like they've always been on course to Farpoint and there was no disruption. Because they haven't. Yeah. They did an about turn. They did a 180 to to chase, to run right. away from the orb. And right. he's just like, the, the course never changed. What happened? I was like, what do you mean what happened? You're you're on the battle bridge, dude. I, 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 I interpreted that differently. I interpreted it like he went to the battle bridge and Q just kind of messed with his mind. and was like, yeah, you've always, this is just normal. And so he was I mean, just, he was impacted, but he didn't actually go into the past with them. So he wasn't, he wasn't fully in on the gig or whatever yeah it just it seems weird that he doesn't question why he's on the battle bridge yeah for me um but yeah yeah it's a q okay. thing q can just fuck with him he can just change it's one his of those, memories that would be hard to write into a script when it's q q ding just like that's q. yeah and here's a sin for q being able for all of the answers being q did it um i would sin the moment again in the judge's uh situation where he he's like demanding that picard quote read the full disclosure of human ugliness mm. and hands over a little thing and and Picard is able to read the full disclosure of humanity's ugliness in about 12 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And then he's Fine. like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Not us. And I thought that was going to be a little bit more he that seemed to be the most important part is Picard reconciling with all of this humanity's ugliness 
that but if it was just something he read in 12 seconds like what did mm. he read i want to know what that was and, or maybe it was like a moment in time or and he he goes no that's not i'm gonna reject that so it wasn't all of it it was maybe like a bad rugby day or something i don't know yeah. it was strange i didn't like that no i agree i don't disagree with you at all he's like i see no charges against us your honor and that whole, it was just, it was like watching people that think that they know how to do law. <laughs> yeah. Just don't. Uh-huh. And you should uh, have anyway. had this ahead of time if it was very, it's a bullshit trial they shouldn't even be playing along with. Yeah. Um, I, I, we would sin the heck, the heck out of this. Chris would eviscerate this scene. It's the Riker catch-up video that oh you've got. Oh my God. <laughs> you've got all of the cameras and then someone edited it together for you oh as well. Oh my God. You have an onboard video editor and all of the cameras. It's just, it's it so, so bad. funny. It's so bad because so you're just bad. replaying the episode. It's so lazy. Me, it was a previously on inside <laughs> of an episode. Yes. Second from after something... it all happened. Yes. And it's like, I don't think I needed to see this again, but maybe you think that I did. And they didn't even show or or have in the report that Picard and Troy and Data and uh, dead now lady. Tasha? Tasha went to this <laughs> trial and were me- mind captured and teleported away. Yeah. That was complete. That's a pretty important part because. Yeah. So, okay, great. You know, our, our ship has had an alien come and attack us. That's just maybe every Friday for Starfleet. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But. But the fact that we are on a time crunch to prove ourselves or be killed in trial is completely left out of that briefing. Yeah. And, and and why go through the theatrics of welcoming him on the bridge to have him sit down and watch TV and then immediately depart? It's, it's such a it's weird so scene. It's so strange. It's a weird power play thing. And the scene is just wasteful because I would have been fine if Riker walked into Picard's office and said, Tasha got me caught up. Wow, that was weird. Done. That's it. The security chief yeah. briefed the first officer. Fine. In the lift I don't on care the way. how he did it, how she did it. That's fine. It's modernly, so, why are we doing this? Modernly, it would be a new officer is coming onto the Brit, uh, coming onto a ship. Yeah. They would be met by the officer who would hand them a tablet and on the walk they would just start getting caught up. That's yeah. how that would be done. Yeah, but exactly. this is a very dramatic way. Let's and sit it was down at the TV. He did <laughs> he turned prepared. and he kind of looked at the camera and he was like he calls this a little adventure. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't think that the way he turns on the camera confused as if he's absorbing information. Yeah. None of them know what a cue is. So no. it's not like that was explained in what we saw him watching either. So to him, it's like, so somebody beamed on board dressed as many characters and then pieced out. Like, I don't yes, understand. I, why I still this is don't important. know what happened. Did the yeah. editor do this? Did the editor make him change costumes? Also, do I need to sign a waiver to be videoed all the time? Because this right? is a camera angle after camera angle after yeah. camera angle. So many cinematic very, camera oh, angles. Yeah. So many close-ups. Yeah. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I love it when they put those in-universe videos in. It was like, oh, who, but who made this? Who made mm-hmm. this video? Oh, that's cute. Um, I would send again in the judge scene uh, where it's like, uh, stand before the judge and they sit down and then it's like sit down and they stand up there's just this like okay we're clearly just playing around with various levels of like respect and rebellion yeah. and i'm Fuck just confused you, I'm about tell me. <laughs> yeah yeah so i think i would try to try to send yeah. that that was kind of annoying it's interesting 
Um, I I just have like a logistical thing, and it's just because Q can do it. But why does Q need to be a Q orb and chase them? Like he can be anywhere, everywhere Q all at once. Q, Q marble. marble yeah. Like I guess it's just because he enjoys chasing and whatever. But it seems like a waste of energy. And the the bigger thing on the Enterprise's side is like you said, they're chase. It's chasing them at warp nine point eight. It's going to overtake them. But yet what we see happen next is the ship separates, the saucer runs away, the yep. battle, the star drive turns around, and yep. then Deanna is like, oh, the ship, the, the orb's going to be here in five minutes. What do you mean it's going to be here in five I, minutes? I thought that maybe it was like it was going to take a long time to overtake, but they like zoomed in on it. So they were we were seeing it maybe, like objects but, in the mirror appear closer than they yeah. are kind of a deal. It still felt a bit wonky. I was like, oh, you had a much bigger yeah. lead than I thought you did. Yeah, yeah. Five yeah. minutes is quite a lot in space, apparently. Yeah. And then they launch all those torpedoes, that sh- which does nothing. Yeah. Oh, no, it blinds them. It blinds the orb. It blinds the omnipotent being That's so right. that he can't detect where the saucer section is ding, going, ding, ding, ding. is the oh. idea. Oh, okay. Really? We just wanted to fire some torpedoes. Exactly. Yeah. Guys, this ship separates and can shoot torpedoes. Right. From its ass. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I... The easy one is sending mm. the apples. Easy. Oh, yeah, just you know? eating an apple. Yeah. Super on brand. No, he's like, mm-hmm. he asked for an apple. So th- I see it going in my head where it'd be like, Riker says, do you have an apple? And we would go, uh-oh, uh-oh. looks like we're going to get to sin. And then the guy's like, we don't have one. And then we would go, ah, And then they appear and be like, yay! Ding, 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 you know? <laughs> yeah, So it'd be exactly. kind of like a little push-pull of excitement. Uh, are we gonna, like, are we gonna, yeah, and takes a And there we go. Ding, 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 ding. Yep. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what else have I got? I I don't really have anything too much else. Okay. I think we've I've had a good some more. little discussion. I got a couple more. I got a couple more. Yeah. Go with it. Um, I'll shoot them down. I think one of them that you won't shoot down uh, and will make you really awkward. So I'll definitely go with this one. Oh no! Is when we're introduced to Crusher and Wesley. Oh no! Fair enough. Yeah. Cr- okay. Next Crusher, scene. Move on. C- Crusher is you know walking and Riker is there and Wesley and this is something that I would ding for just. These subtle ways that writing subverts and and asks a woman to be apologetic uh-huh. of her nature. Exactly. Because Wesley apologizes to Crusher <sighs> on behalf of his mother for quote unquote not being unfriendly. She's just shy around men she doesn't what know. What a dick. And Whoever the- wrote that is a dick. Wesley's a dick. Yeah. So it's and what's frustrating about that is the idea that we want to have a strong female lead, an unapologetic doctor yeah. that's very well respected and educated, but the first line of her not engaging with a pretty much complete stranger mm-hmm. is to apologize for her not being nice. And it's really not interesting. Smiling. The older that I get, when I see stuff like that, knowing that that's the kind of shit that gets into your head. Yeah. And has made me personally, and this is not just from media, it's family expectations and just ways that adults speak to children, specifically girls, to smile and be uh-huh. nice and be kind. And we're supposed to be you smile. very concerned about how other people feel about our behavior. Mm-hmm. And so what it turns into is a very confusing situation down the line when you're a direct person or you're confident or you have authority and you unapologetically express that authority or that opinion or that strength and people around you are like 
shouldn't you be apologizing for making me uncomfortable in your confidence? Mm. And it's such bullshit. And it made me cringe pretty hard. But at the same time, it's like, this is kind of what was usually sort of shown in yeah. these kinds of instances. And I just wanted to point it out because I, it's one of those really subtle ways that you subvert a person because it doesn't have to just be women. It's just been done to women. But mm-hmm. it, it subverts a character and it subverts a person to apologize on their behalf. To give that line to a child who is a male Ugh, is yeah. even more fucked up. Like that somehow Wesley feels that it's his responsibility to speak on behalf of his parent to apologize to a command to person in command. Mm -hmm. And she's just super casual about it. Like, yeah, "Yeah, this is probably something that I should feel sorry for. But guess what? She just moves on because it's just this weird line that seems super out of place. It's always made me feel a bit icky. And I think it's, but the idea is that, you know, in media or in, in what we're consuming, strong female leads are uncomfortable to watch at this time. Like it's, Mm -hmm. there's not the the power shift of boldly putting queer people in the lead or a woman in the lead, you know, any, that is not something that is comfortable. So we're kind of watching them play around with it and also apologize for it. And I wish that they would just do it now in strange new worlds. I'm so excited to see the female yes. characters because they don't give they they're just like this is who I am and I am thrilled by it. So mm-hmm. I love that the franchise is growing with our society and it's like uh it's just an interesting thought process to go in, back in time and see like what's acceptable. And, yeah, the aliens. And to continue on my quick rant, which is not quick at all. Our job is to watch movies and content and there are many times when I'll watch an older film like I remember watching *Romancing the Stone*, for example, and just being like, "Holy shit! This is this is the expectation of what was considered normal." And I know you're watching one right now uh, that you you and I have had conversations about, Ian, where mm. there's just stuff happening on screen that you're like, "This is icky," you know? It's and he's the hero. Like this, the person that's doing the icky things is the protagonist, and I'm like, "Can we just not?" Like, yeah, you should take so off your glasses. You'd be more pretty. And right, then they it's do. My and it's just trope. Oh, God damn. So, anyways, it brushes yeah. that line for me. But I. No, I totally agree. Yeah. So that's kind of that's that's definitely one for me. A, a more humorous one in that moment <laughs> is that when when Wesley is like, "Oh, Picard," or the Crusher's like Picard, and and Riker says, "Like, oh, you know Captain Jean Luc Picard." And Wesley just turns around. He's like, he delivered my dad's dead body. <laughs> and he's smiling. I'm just like, good God. Death position. Yeah. That's <laughs> a squeeze shit. that exposition in there. What a very casual approach you have to talking <laughs> about that moment right? in your life, child. My okay. goodness. Also, Riker, <laughs> do your research. The chief medical officer has a connection to Picard. I'm sure that's on record somewhere. Like, I that mean, was for the audience. <laughs> it is. It is, and it's also to let us know that Wesley's dad is dead. Yeah. Um, and okay, now I know that. But thinking about like a child just being like, ah, I know Picard because I met him one day when he delivered my dad's dead body. It's like you should be <laughs> like in the show Wednesday, you know, like yes, you, are, you are, you're too, that's really. A- <laughs> yes, you've delivered that far too many times. Um, oh yeah, it's my interesting. God, it killed me. It killed me. What a conversation ender. <laughs> Um, I wish I'd picked up on the Beverly Sin. That's a great, 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 great point. Um, uh, no, I still think I think that's it. I still I don't think I have any other big ones. I think there's there's more to come in part two, obviously. But do you have yeah. any others? No, I th- I think um, 
I think it's okay. I mean, I think I'm okay with Riker's big moment being putting a ship back together, but actually not doing it himself. Like, I think I'm okay with that. We can move that on. Body instructions. Yeah. And everyone's so celebratory of that moment. And I think I'm okay with it. Look how big Riker's dick is. Like, everyone is just like super impressed. It's like, what did he do? What did he actually do? That's amazing. Mm-hmm. okay well thank you for listening everybody we will be back same time next week it'll be about twelve thirty live on cinema since twitch and on youtube live if you want to join us and we've had a very active chat that has been criticizing my knowledge of diana troy's geography <laughs> all kinds of shenanigans going around um yeah it's good fun so next week we will be doing encounter at farpoint part two which for those of you in america that are watching it it starts just after the McCoy speed, after the McCoy introduction with Data. So Q is on Appears the screen. Appears on screen, yeah. Worf tries to shoot him but doesn't, and then they do an external shot of the Enterprise. So from that point onwards, or just rewatch the whole damn thing again, go for it. Or don't. No, no. Don't. Or don't. don't. Or don't. Oh, you know what no, do. Don't. Yeah, it's fine. You, you can do that. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. fine. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, until next week, I'm off to handle a routine maneuver fairly well. Uh, and it's uh, be careful. This is not an illusion or a dream. Mm. Or is it? Live long in Potspur. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. So I'm here at the house by myself. Yeah. The dogs start freaking out, which is not abnormal because, you know, sometimes there's deliveries or whatever, but they're freaking out at the door and I, I like I know no one's coming. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, I'm holding on to my plate of food. I'm standing in my living room, mm-hmm. but simultaneously I'm processing like what my nearest weaponry is. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. So I'm holding on to a ceramic plate and I'm like, I will use this like a disc and just chuck it. Yeah. And then work. I can dive over this little chair thing, barrel roll into the side table, which has a piece of glass. If I grab that glass, I can shatter it in two. And mm-hmm, then I can have mm-hmm. like two serrated edges to work with. Nice. To kill the postman with. Yeah. Nice. It, w- it was it was Justin. He he just he came by oh. when he was supposed to be at work and he's just like, yeah. I forgot something. And I'm like Oh, you could be dead right now, sir. Yeah, you could have been killed and you don't even realize it. Does Missouri have that law where you can just kill somebody for entering your house? Like the, you're on my property, I can shoot you law? I feel like Missouri does. Uh, you know, I'm, I just now realize I'm unfamiliar with laws about killing things in general. <laughs> <laughs> I think Missouri I think Missouri has that law mm-hmm. where like it's fair game if there's an intruder. But how does that apply when the person owns the house? Right, exactly. <laughs> right. Do you do that? Do you like play out like scenarios where you have to, you know, protect yourself and? Um, yeah, I d- I always have like a baseball bat nearby. Like I I have reachable objects nearby. So the kitchen is an easy one because I have like this knife block that's filled with knives. But I really don't want to stab someone. <laughs> like I just I don't like the thought of that. Um, call me weird, but that just it it just it it really feels like it fucking hurts. But I would be okay with beating them with a baseball bat. Because I feel like bruises heal better than stab wounds. Um, let's let's just pause. I don't I don't okay. know the answer to this, but I would. No. I, I feel like blunt force force trauma and or broken bones based on bashing would be a much different recovery than like some tissue that got 
messed up. I f- I don't. I just look. I have stabbed myself in the hand before accidentally. Oh, okay, thank you for that. With a screwdriver, oh. and it went in. Like yeah. it went in to my hand. Yeah. And in in the words of um um uh, what's his name? Something Angel from Hot Fuzz. It was the Detective Angel. It was the single most excruciating pain that I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I've walked into a lot of things. I've been hit by things. Mm-hmm. And nothing was as painful as being stabbed with a screwdriver. It depends so just, on how I hard just, you're, you're piercing or bashing, I guess. You know, like, they yeah. both have negative... Oh, what? sure. Wait, yeah. how? I'm not Why saying I want about- to be hit with a baseball bat. Right. There is a world where I would love to home alone my own house. And I would love to have like a week to rig. This is why I love D&D. A week to rig a <laughs> sequence of traps uh-huh. and then just watch somebody die through them. <laughs> and just like get, You shouldn't say that out loud. You messed with the wrong you, house. Please, please just um, omit that from the... That's out of... <laughs> I don't know how to... Or I don't know if I want to be a friend anymore. Okay, maybe not die, but just get yeah. really hurt because of like intruding my house yeah everyone loved how angry you got last week oh Oh, man i couldn't even listen so you know i'm supposed to review every episode before it goes Mm -hmm. out and i started listening to it i was like i I can't even listen to this it was making me so angry just listening to you talking about it no it was more like i started to second guess everything about what i'd said and my emotions and like even though i'm kind of built for just sharing my life and doing these shows and like just brutal honesty and gut level reaction and and kind of like a fearlessness and inviting people to be a part of it mm-hmm. there are some times and last episode was one of them where i was like i maybe we should just delete it <laughs> no you like you hit a nerve with people like a good nerve a nerve where they know. shared your feelings and that's Did the beauty they? of like, i don't yeah, know it felt- that's the beauty of doing it as soon as we've watched the episode because it's all raw emotions like like what if i had gone to a spa and i had had a massage and all i was really like in a warm blanket and had maybe uh-huh. like a martini or something and i was super Nobody relaxed listen to that. and then i watched the episode like i may have mm-hmm. reacted differently but i just so happened to be under quite a lot of stress in my actual life so mm-hmm. watching something that was so stressful just set me off. Yeah. And I, I kind of like, I wish I had more control of that. Like it was so, it was so. No. Unleash it. Let no, it out. I don't know. Bring down the force fields and just let it out. Oh, 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 oh. So, you know, all of my ship models back there. Yeah. I mean. The company that makes them went out of business, Eagle Moss. Oh, okay. So I couldn't get any more. In no. fact, I'm still owed one. Grumble. Um. But a company has bought the license for pretty much all of them. So they're going to start releasing the ships again and they may start making new ones, which means I can start my obsessive ship collecting hobby again. <laughs> Yay! Eagle Moss going out of business was the best thing for me. And this is bad news. And your paycheck? Yeah. Uh huh. Right, let's get into the show. Yeah. Captain's Pod. <coughs> <laughs> wow. That was incredible. Captain's Pod, Stardate 6203.23.1. Welcome aboard the Starship Star Starprise. <laughs> what is happening to you? What is Are going you okay? on? I'm, what is going on? <laughs> what is happening right now? 
Starship Star Prize. That's <laughs> if that's not a ship, it fucking should be. <laughs> I am for the USS Star Prize. We love it. It's the best ship in the fleet. We'll get the best assignments. Party for duty, Captain. I... <laughs> ah, you said duty. Ah. <laughs> I just come from the Derper Prize. Here I am. <laughs> it's the Enterprise. It's the Enterprise. How pretty is it? It's so pretty. How pretty is it? Look at that. Look at that. Look at it. That's the first time anyone saw it. It's so pretty. Oh, Picard and Silhouette. Yeah. So dramatic. Where are you up to? Uh, the saucer section or the little... Slug ship Star is there. Drive. Slug ship. We'll get to that Slug later. Slug ship. <laughs> Slug ship. Okay, 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 okay. I gotta pee. Yeah, pee. I'm gonna grab a hot drink and then we'll hot do the pee. thing. Hot drink, pee. Hot drink, pee. Uh-huh. Wait, I'm sorry. Hot drink and pee. That's hot drink, pee. Wow, you heard Let's... it here first. The I, ambassador I didn't, wants to I didn't, drink hot pee. That's not yeah. what I said. That's nope, not, she did. That's not yeah. what I meant. Uh-huh. That's not she what did. I said. Uh-huh. Nope. Yep. Nope. Nope. Yep. Nope. 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 Look, just just be damned for who you truly I'm... are. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jagged asked us long ago, do this episode where Ian does the entire episode in an American accent and Danae does a British accent. And then make that a channel point. Oh my god, where we had to change our accents. So distracting. And I don't know if I could do it the whole episode. I don't know if I could do it the whole episode either. Oh, you could. You'll be fine. I don't think so. I think I'll struggle. I'll just fall into Foghorn Leghorn far too easily. That's right. Your American accent is like a southern hillbilly accent. Yeah, that's that's all I can muster. And mine is a posh (laughs) British accent. (laughs) I would love to be able to do accents better, but it devolves into that. Or, hey, forget about it. Like, that's, that's all I can do. And that's all you can say, too, is just forget about it. <laughs> Are you from Liverpool? That's right. Amazing. So then we should review the Star Trek porn parody. The YouTube version has the porn scenes removed. I have so many questions. Like, why would you watch it without the porn in it? Um, because no one's there for the story, to it's be honest. Question. Let's be fair. Um. At what point do you think that's a good idea in front of a live audience? <laughs> like, you do not want to sit there and watch seven people talk about porn. You just, you just don't. Believe me, you don't. <laughs> Believe me, I've Believe tried. Believe me. Believe in me. Multiple friend groups, and it always gets awkward. I'm proud of the sin, so I'm going to spend points. Farpoint Station creates Riker a bowl of apples that wasn't previously there to make him feel like an asshole, to make discount Mark Rylance look like an asshole, and to be <laughs> an asshole itself. The asshole trifecta. Nice. Discount Mark Rylance. I'm going to have to think on that one. (laughs) I've never seen him that way. That's interesting. (laughs) Ian, do you have an answer for why Picard addresses Troy Mm. as commander in part one, but Riker calls her a lieutenant in part two? I do. This always bugged me when I was growing up. Um, And it's because she is technically a lieutenant commander. And the correct way... What the fuck? The correct way... So you you have ensign, lieutenant, and lieutenant junior grade, then like... Lieutenant senior grade, and then there's Lieutenant Commander, and then there's Commander. So she is Lieutenant Commander, and the correct way to address a Lieutenant Commander is by Commander, not Lieutenant. It's something they get wrong with Data, because there's a couple of episodes where he gets called Lieutenant, and they should be calling him Commander. Uh, and that's that's the answer to that. Uh, Jagged says, I love how Picard commands Riker to manually dock the ship, and Riker proceeds to have Data and TNG's Miles Edward O'Brien do it. <laughs> The hero of Setlick 3. Jesus. <laughs> K 
Can any other ship separate like that? Asks Link. Mm, yeah, a few of them can, actually. I think, in theory, Voyager was supposed to, but didn't. The Prometheus can separate. Um, it's what, What's the... Someone's going to... It's. It has a... It has a name when it separates. It's the multi-vector attack mode or something like that. And it actually separates into three different ships. So the bottom comes out, the top disappears, and then there's a middle battleship. And multi-vector assault mode, something like that. Anyway, so yeah, the Prometheus can as well. Um, So yeah. What about the Derpa Prize? Does it... Fuck you. Those Betazoid contacts are great, but they were used mm. in a super creepy way on Suter in Suda. Voyager. Yeah, so Suter was a serial killer. <laughs> Jesus, it's a great underused. Is he character. a Betazoid ser- serial? He's killer? a Betazoid serial killer. Jesus, that's so scary. It's fucking terrifying. Wait, like a full Betazoid or part like? A, oh, you're asking part now. Human? No, I think he's full Betazoid, but and he's. I ask because that means he has like powers, like he can read minds and stuff. So right? Betazoids have different levels of like psychic awareness. So Deanna's mum is like top, top tier. Level tons of powers hugely and powerful. It, it varies everywhere suda gets driven mad by his powers and it's so good and like him and tuvok oh have God. this face off and what? it's so so good like oh there's my a God, good I few episodes see that. i want to see that great. can we watch that and one i want to see that his dead black eyes are just fucking creepy i feel like season one q is so different from season two q once he shows them the Borg, he is quite different in demeanor compared to the first couple of episodes that he's in. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's the same with everybody on the damn ship at the minute. Like, they were trying to figure out who this character of Q was, and he becomes way more playful later on. And it's really interesting that they make him more of an outcast. Like, the rest of the Q are embarrassed by him, and they're fed up of his shenanigans. And he doesn't speak on behalf of the Q the way that he always claims that he does. So... The direction they take Q after this is really, really, really interesting. I don't know that it's inconsistent. I think he just hadn't got there yet. Are there more than one Q? Yeah, there's a whole race of Qs. Um, so they um, were just like a regular humanoid species and they eventually evolved to a point of not needing physical corporeal form and they live in like a parallel dimension kind of thing as energy beings and there are multiple, many, many Qs. What is your favorite alien species? Oh man, this is hard. I like the Betazoids. I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, I love the Betazoids. I think it's the Vulcans are the most interesting. The Vulcans and the Romulans as a pairing are my favorites. I love that. But then the Borg as well. The Borg is so interesting. Oh. Yeah, the Borg are really interesting. Aliens but- are so good. Here's one from Zinkstoat. According to Will Wheaton, Lavar would <laughs> regularly <laughs> nod off behind his visor, sat yeah, in those chairs during long takes. Why not? That's amazing. Yeah, why you not? You could sit up. Why wouldn't you? Well, because he was leaning back, wasn't he? Like in the oh in the super God, reclined imagine? ones. He's <gasps> leaning back. He's got a visor over his eyes. He's there for I'm six just, hours. Just, Peace out. Like your mouth just slowly Peace opens out, and you start to drool a little bit. Amazing. Michael Sullivan, who asks, if either one of you could send a movie of your choice, what would it be? Ooh. I think I think I'd do Splash. Yeah. I'm, uh, it's it's movie, just such, yeah. it's such a wacky movie. Uh-huh. It's been so long since I've seen it. It's it's where my obsession with mermaids began. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Um, and there just has to be fun to go in there and just be like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> Hello. 
that's just uh, I think we were singing different things. Awful. No, it was it was bad. That was bad. I will send a fully armed battalion to remind you of my love. Okay, that was obnoxious. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 